0: Here in Des Moines, thousands upon thousands of miles away from the home they first knew, my parents met. My dad always thought my mom was the prettiest girl in town. She had a few other feelings about him, but eventually they got to know each other, fell in love, and married. Two people with dreams of a fruitful life, born through a Vietnamese restaurant, and a family. we all know the story about how I was shown as a beacon of hope when the Vietnam War displaced refugees. Thousands of people came here, my parents included. But then what happened? On an April day, Duk Ta and Wing Ta had me. <laughs> they chose the name Lin. L-I-N-H, both because it's a common Vietnamese name, but also they thought, hey, Iowans could pronounce this. (laughs) Joke's on them. Sometimes they can't. (laughs) There was no guidebook for how we were supposed to live our lives here. No grandma's Thanksgiving recipe passed down. No creaky old house where generations upon generations of our family lived. We were just like seeds in the air, trying to find land that wouldn't spit us back out. And behind the scenes, I was quickly growing into an American child of the 2000s, where I demanded a Game Boy Color, beads in my hair, and a growing desire to become more like a Linda versus a Lynn. When I was 10 years old, I had a huge crush on the neighbor boy with his brown hair and bright blue eyes. We would build sand castles in his backyard and I would twist up little blades of grass, making rings, one for him, one for me. Sometimes he'd invite me over for dinner with his family and we'd sit around their laminate table, hands clasped together in prayer. That's where I made my discovery for the first time of five minute rice with butter, which I politely shoveled under some other food. They were so freely nice, telling me that I could come over whenever and that I could play on their swing set. Meanwhile, my family, like many other Asian families, there was a lot of love between us, but with others, there was a bit of reservation that could come off as coldness. And that meant misunderstood interactions, lots of no's when I asked if kids could come over, and a general conception from other people that, well, if they don't like us, then we don't like them. One day, after a particularly fun day of playing with the neighbor boy, I went to my mom and asked, can he please come over for dinner? And to my surprise, she said, sure. Sure. I was ecstatic, this rarely, if ever, happened. That night, he came over and we talked about school and Game Boy Colors, he was my best friend and to have him at my table with me, I was elated. But, across the table she didn't have to say it. I could sense it, the judgment. We finished up our dinner, and he went home. Later that night, I went up to my mom and asked, so what did you think of him? Her immediate response, rude, no please, no thank you, shoes on inside the house. I went to defend his reputation as she felt like she was defending mine. We argued that night as she was washing the dishes by hand, even though we have a dishwasher right there. I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed that in her eyes, I chose wrong. I was embarrassed that we were the family that always had to act a certain way, that American families, Iowan families, they were always so warm and welcoming, and we were so utterly not. Years later, when the neighbor boy and I were both teenagers in middle school, we rode the bus together. Well, not together together, no. (laughs) We had reached the age of self-awareness where one small move can mean total social calamity in the world of teenage hierarchy. I was no longer the cute elementary-aged kid. New school, new students, acne-ridden. I had a new identity that year. That Asian kid. And, to be honest, it was an identity that I both felt restricted by, but also embraced. I leaned into stereotypes, saying, I'm great at math, when I'm not great at math. (laughs) And I made friends with the other Asian kids, and had a sense of camaraderie that I really had never had before. But one day when I was sitting on the bus with the other Asian kids, the neighbor boy, the one who knew me, turned to us and asked, did you guys get your ching chong names from your parents throwing pots and pans down the stairs? I was able to brush off most of the comments from the kids, but that one, that one hurt. That one, I wasn't protected from. It was a reminder that no matter how hard I tried, no matter how much I wanted to assimilate, that first and foremost, I was that Asian kid. Plus, our stairs were carpeted. He knew that. (laughs) Being a second generation immigrant hits a wave that you learn to ride. When your great aunt gives you a bar of soap and points to your face, you say, yep. I know, don't worry. There's this new three-step process called proactive. I'm taking care of it. When a white guy on Tinder messages you and asks, So, uh, do you like anime? Well, duh, but no, swipe left, swipe left. But there were the more serious moments as well. There were the jokes that I let slide by that I shouldn't have. And there were the parts of myself that I felt slip away. Things that I should have held dear in me, like my mother's eyes or my father's tan skin. But even among the people that I looked like, I feared their judgment as well. Too American for the Asian people, but too Asian for the American people. While I could help my family write their resumes, I could barely speak to my own grandmother in Vietnamese. And while I eventually became okay with being a Lin, there was an uncomfortable gray area that I sat in for a long time. But love changes things. And loving yourself is oh so hard, but loving somebody else and seeing parts of you in them, well it makes it a little bit easier to love yourself as well. And for me, things started to change when I watched my little cousins grow up. Now this next generation of my family, they are not shy about being themselves, which is why I know way too much about Harry Styles and YouTube makeup drama right now. And even at school, I love seeing how they're not shy about their identity and sharing parts of their heritage with the other kids. But I will say there was this one time that my little cousin came up to me upset because she said there was a boy at school who went up to her and asked her if she ate. Woof, woof! Boy, you know I was ready to beat up a kid after that. <laughs> but that's when I realized all those years ago, my parents they were just trying to protect me because they loved me. And I love them for trying to keep me safe in the best way that they knew how and keeping me away from the instant judgment that this world can sometimes give. And I love my cousins for being exactly who they are. And when they reach that age of self-awareness, I want them to look at me and see that I love myself as well and that there is nothing to be ashamed of. And when I think about my adult life now, so many years later, and all the different kinds of people that I have that love and accept me for who I am, well, I'm forever thankful. And as for my parents, well, they've been bothering me about when I'm gonna bring a nice person to the house. Thank you. Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left.